You're listening to The Cultured Podcast, a weekly conversation hosted by me, Michelle Corey, that breaks down the barriers surrounding art, theater, travel, and more to serve a digestible dose of culture for all. beautiful babies. Welcome to another episode of The Cultured Podcast. As always, I'm super thankful that you are part of The Cultured Crew. There would be no show if not for an audience. You know what I mean? Think about that super deep. Today, we are talking about stage management with Emma McVeigh. She is a freelance stage manager here in Atlanta, Georgia, and she has some really interesting perspectives to share about the things that go on behind the scenes at any live production and the type of person that you need to be to be a stage manager. And guess what? If you have no idea what I'm talking about and have no idea what a stage manager is, this is the perfect episode for you because there is a whole world of action that takes place far beyond the action on the stage. And we actually talked to her husband, Connor, a couple episodes ago. He is a lighting designer, so he was able to share a whole nother aspect of that microcosm of theater with us, which was really, really cool. But first, and as always, we're going to start with what's inspiring me this week. And y'all, like I have said, I have preached from the mountaintops. It can be the smallest things that light a fire inside of you. And right now that fire is in my belly because what's inspiring me are tacos. <laughs> Clearly I am hungry and we are recording this in the middle of the day. And I cannot wait to dig into some tacos. And also just some education. Tacos are not Mexican food. They are tacos. Mex And yes, they have their roots in Mexican food, but the tacos that we have come to know, like pork belly and all the fancy schmancy configurations that we have come to know and love and savor of tacos is actually Tex-Mex. But there are so many good restaurants for Tex-Mex in Atlanta. And honestly, sometimes it's embarrassing because when friends come to visit me, I end up being like, so where do you want to eat? Do you want to go to Mescalitos? Oh, that's Tex-Mex. Do you want to go to Holy Taco? Damn it, that's the same kind of food. Do you want to go to Alma Casina? To Mi Barrio? Like, I'm just <laughs> listing all these Latin restaurants. But that is going to fill my belly, belly and treat me good. Full belly, happy Shelly. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I literally say that anytime I've had a good meal. All right. So enough about food because I might just like nom on our guest because I'm so hungry. Uh, <laughs> it's time to talk about stage management with Emma McVeigh. Welcome, Emma. Thank you. Excited to be here. Yes, girl. Yes. <laughs> Excited to have you. I just love it. Fills my heart when I get to talk to theater geeks just like me. And Connor, when he was here, was like spouting all of these like amazing shows that he I'm loves. I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just love it. Um, and you bring a really fascinating perspective with you today. So first, let's jump into what exactly stage management is. So stage management is essentially kind of the subject matter expert on the show that's in production. So I get hired. I'm there every single day. I'm there as often as the actors, usually longer. Um, <laughs> and I'm the person that kind of takes the production and makes sure that nothing falls through the cracks. I'm I'm, I have a creative background. I have a performance background. But as a stage manager, I'm surrounded by actors, by creatives, by designers that we're all trying to kind of 
fuse everything together into one finished product. And I'm the person that makes sure that all of those different voices are heard, all of the uh, technical components kind of work together correctly, and that it gets executed the way that the director wants it to. So I'm doing anything from gathering contact information for the actors, making sure their contracts are signed, putting together a rehearsal schedule. I'm in the rehearsal hall every day taking down blocking so that we remember who goes where, when. um, (laughs) Because you'd be surprised. Sometimes actors don't write that down. Um, (laughs) And they come find me because I write everything down. Keeping a master props list, a transition shift plot, and then moving into the space once we get close to opening, we're adding in lights, sound, costumes, set. Sometimes in shows like Little Shop, uh, there's puppets. There's all these extra layers, and I have to be the one that knows where it all lives, how it all works, and make sure that it's used correctly. No and pressure. No pressure. <laughs> really low pressure. So it sounds back. like, in a nutshell, you have to know everything about everyone at all times. Pretty much. Hmm. I also have a day job and going through interviews and stuff like that, I explain this to corporate people as this is like an IT project manager for a huge project. They have to know everything that's going on and be able to kind of regurgitate it and explain it to others. Well, and I think it's so important to have that person uh, to act as the point person for everybody involved so that everyone knows who to come to with all this different information. But that's also a lot of pressure. So I imagine you have to be a very particular kind of person to be able to handle all of that pressure. Yes, I um, I've always been extremely detail oriented, um, very organized. I was that girl in like elementary school that was like teacher's pet loved school loved taking (laughs) notes I was like this is the best I could do this forever like I love the learning environment and I think that you have to kind of be a sponge to be a stage manager because you're always absorbing information you have to have a really high threshold for stress you have to really have a really high threshold for dealing with different personalities Mm. and there are a lot of different stage managers that have different ways of dealing with people. I find that my ability to connect with people and build relationships really helps me. I always say that like the dream stage manager would be someone who has that theater background and has worked professionally and then maybe goes back and gets like a degree in psychology. (laughs) You kind of have to create a safe place for these actors who are being vulnerable on stage. They have lots of other stuff going on in their lives. You may be doing a show with really heavy content. So I find it helpful that on top of all the like kind of quote unquote business type skills of being organized and being able to talk to people and make people feel heard and feel safe is really important as well. Well, that that's I feel like it's a rare thing to find someone who's able to master all of those things, which is why you're here with us today. (laughs) You know, you work with quite a few theaters in Atlanta. So Mm -hmm. tell us about some of the theaters you've worked with, some of the productions you've done. Sure. Um, I've worked all over Atlanta at this point. Uh, I primarily work at Actors Express. Um, I do a ton of work with them. I've also worked with Synchronicity, which is a fabulous theater in the Midtown area, and it's led by a bunch of like strong, independent women, and I love that. Mm-hmm. They, they, sh- they shine a light on uh, a lot of plays written by women. Um, not to say that other theaters don't, but they that seems to be their mission, and I, I love that. I've done stuff with a couple children's theaters here and there. That was several years ago, and right now I'm working on a show at Oglethorpe University, so I do some stuff uh, at the education level. 
But most recently, it's been a lot of Actors Express. We did Little Shop of Horrors last summer, which was super fun. So uh, fun. All the puppets. I- I've never done anything like that before with puppets. So that was like a new skill to learn. And we built them all from scratch, which was awesome. Usually productions will just rent them. And we had a local artist build them all from the ground up and it was amazing and let's see what else have i sweeney todd uh was another really fun one that i did that's probably one of my favorites because i also just love that musical um yeah a couple other straight plays called appropriate serial blackface and bad jews (laughs) so with all of these different types of stage production. Sure. You've got musicals, you've got children's shows, you've got straight plays and everything in between. Mm-hmm. Is it a culture shift as a stage manager to manage those different stage productions? Yeah, I I think there's definitely a culture shift. There's a big difference in the environment of a musical and a straight play. Um and it also depends on if it's a comedy or a drama or something like that. But the The environment on Sweeney Todd was totally different from the environment on Appropriate, which is a family drama uh, based at an antebellum mansion in Arkansas. So nothing, it's not, there's not pros or cons either way. It's just so different. Musicals tend to be a lot more, you know, I'm a musical theater nerd. That's what my background is in. It's, it's loud. We're, we're brass. We're, we're in your face. We're having a good time. There's a lot more of that going on. Um, There's a lot of constant singing. Like, oh, yeah. I mean, you can tell I'm a musical theater nerd because I open every episode with like, hello. Like that is, but it's constant. Dancing in the background, you know, it, it's mm-hmm. it's just a it's very high octane. Yeah. That's the way I like to describe it. And I can say this because I have a performance background. Musical theater actors tend to be uh, more, if you will, <laughs> extra. <laughs> extra. Is that what the kids are saying these yep. days? Oh my goodness. <laughs> um, and then uh, straight plays, they're they're still as just as much shenanigans. We're all theater folk, you mm-hmm. know. Um, but it's just a different vibe. You're going into the room. There's not as much. There's not music. So there's not that aspect. Most of the straight shows I've done tend to be more dramatic than comedies. Mm-hmm. So there's that layer. I've done some really heavy dramas. Serial Blackface was about the Atlanta child murders uh, that took place in the late 1960s. Wow. Um, which now there's an amazing podcast called Atlanta Monster covering mm-hmm. all that. So um that's a great example. There's there's certain kind of precautions and prep you put into a show that has a lot heavier stuff going on. Like what? Um, we had a dramaturg for that show uh, that What's came a in. So a dramaturg is someone who's also they're um, just like a stage manager is a subject matter expert on the production as a whole, the dramaturg becomes a subject matter expert on the text. Mm. Um, so they usually come in at the beginning of a process. They'll maybe put together a packet. They'll do a ton of research about the history of the time. Usually if it's a period drama, you really want a dramaturg in the room because they can really help actors and designers understand the context of what was going on in the world during the uh, what's happening in the play. So we brought a dramaturg in. It was also a new work, so it was changing a lot. And it was obviously about a very, very hard subject hmm. to yeah. to focus on for any length of time. So when I'm in a play like that or or like appropriate there 
that that's a family drama where family members are just yelling at each other and it ends with a big brawl and it also deals with uh different levels of racism in the south Mm. so you want to really make sure that you're creating a space where people these actors feel safe they feel like they're being taken care of that their needs are being met um and that their their boundaries are being respected so you really want to make sure I, I tell interns and apprentices, you just want to make sure they know that you have their back. So not every stage manager has experience in theater, in actual performance. Right, right. You know, I could see that being a huge drawback because actually having experience in performing these these things, even if it's just one area like musical theater, sure. really helps you understand the kind of preparation, the kind of physical, mental, and emotional uh shift that you have to embark Mm -hmm. on in order to perform those roles. Yeah. And I don't want to say that someone who hasn't performed can't stage manage as well. But (laughs) But you're being PC. I'm being PC. (laughs) Um, But I I do think that it's certainly served me really well to understand that that's what's going on. I've been there. I've been on stage. I've auditioned. Um, That was way back in college. So it's like 10 years ago now. Mm -hmm. But I remember how that felt. And I've had to go on for an actor that got sick during a production. So I, I get it. When so, you were stage managing? Yes. That oh was, my God. yeah, yeah. Um, Freddie Ashley from Actors Express, the artistic director, he and I like to joke that we just keep setting up the stage manager's worst nightmare and knocking him down. Um, <laughs> d- during Sweeney Todd, um, the, the actress playing Mrs. Lovett got like incredibly ill, um, just lost her voice. And it was one of those things where like if she kept forcing herself to sing, she could have caused some serious damage. Right. So we were like, what do we do? It's closing weekend. And Freddie knew that I had a performance background and was trained in voice. And he sat me down and was like, on a scale of one to ten, how nervous does this make you feel if we put you on stage as Mrs. Lovett tomorrow? Oh, my God. And in my head, I was like, that's never going to happen. So seven. And he was like, cool, decision made. And I was like, (gasps) oh, snap, it's happening. (laughs) Um, But it's one of my favorite experiences in the professional world ever because the cast it it was insane it was just the most supportive environment I went on book in hand um I I thankfully have a very good ear for music and that helps me a lot stage managing musicals because I can read the music and all that stuff so the music was not the hard part it was just having to do an accent all of a sudden, which I am terrible oh at. Oh my god! Uh, yeah, Connor likes he. They were able to squeeze Connor and a couple of my friends in, and Connor was like, "Yeah, you, uh, you were British, and then you kind of went Irish, and then you were Southern, and then you were British again." And I was like, "I'm just lucky that I got all the words out." But <laughs> right. Um. The the story around that that I like to tell is at the top of Act Two. It starts with more hot pies, and Mrs. Lovett is serving pies to all these guests at their pie shop, and you don't know that it's actually well you know that it the audience members know it's humans but Mm -hmm. the people eating it don't yet and it's chaos and it's a really fast song and there was a really it wasn't choreography but there was a heavy blocking of who I was supposed to sing what to at what time when I was supposed to give them a pie and the whole cast moved their blocking up by a beat and a half in the music so that I could see 
who I needed to go to next on the next lyric. Oh, wow. It was insane. It, it was just like, um, wow. It, it was magical. It was one of those like once in a lifetime experiences. I yeah. did like a three hour rehearsal with Freddie and then I went on that night. And it was it was crazy. It it didn't hurt that Kevin Harry was playing uh, Sweeney Todd, and he's wonderful, kind. He was like, "Just look into my eyes if you ever get scared." And I was like, "Okay, no problem, Uh, no problem, Kevin." (laughs) Yeah. Um. So yeah, in a and that's happened before. There was a production of Ragtime at the Aurora, and the stage manager for that went on as the mother. So it's not unheard of, especially in smaller. Atlanta's not that small of a theater community, but when you don't necessarily have enough uh, leverage to have understudies, it's not unheard of for a stage manager to have to go on. So it's well, and how convenient the person who knows everything about the production, right? Who happens to have a background in theater. Why not? You know, right, I mean, right. in that kind of worst case scenario where all of a sudden you're lead because Miss Lovett is a lead character. That's a lead mm-hmm, role. Mm-hmm. So that's that's a big deal. It, it was pretty cool. So along fun. the line yeah. of crazy stories, what are some of the most intense situations you've had to deal with backstage? Besides that, I would say... There's been a couple productions that had really high backstage needs that there nothing like necessarily went wrong. It was just a very intense sequence or something like that. Uh, the show Appropriate ends with this old mansion literally falling apart on stage. <gasps> so the set designer and the uh, production manager and technical director put together this plan where you pulled all these strings and the chandelier fell and a pillar crashed and bookshelves collapsed. And it was a lot of moving parts that was also timed with the music and the lights. Oh, wow. And I was running the music and running the lights <laughs> and calling the cues for the because they were all manually operated by assistant stage managers. So that's probably the hardest sequence I've ever had to call because it was very exact. And it had some like it, it was scary. I mean, the chandeliers really fell. Uh, the <laughs> pillar really fell. And, uh, you know, they're having to listen around all this crashing music and crazy things happening and dust flying to make sure they pull it at the right time. So that was an intense sequence. And the other scariest thing that's happened to me when I stage managed is one production. We had an audience member uh, get really ill in the middle of it. So we had to hold the show um, and make sure that their needs were taken care of and stuff like that. And that was, I mean, that had nothing to do with the show. It was just one of those scary situations that you find yourself in. And I kind of, I did one of those things where I looked over my shoulder and I was like, oh, right, I am the highest authority here. Oh, my God. And you just have to, like have that that's another thing about stage management you have to have really good gut instincts of how to react in scary situations you know you have to have an eye on the stage and be like that set piece is tilting the way it's not supposed to we need to hold is that something that you develop over time with more productions that you do or something you just naturally have to have oh I think it's something uh you can definitely develop when I first started working I was working as an assistant stage manager and I was not nearly as focused on those details as I am now um you also learn from situations like that like you kind of every time something crazy like that happens to me it feels like another like scenario in my tool belt that I I dealt with that and I may not have that exact thing happen again but I can use those 
tools for another situation. So sure. Yeah, I just I think the one thing that you can't really train in a, someone who wants to be a stage manager is the ability to keep your cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I tell uh, assistant stage managers, interns, students, I'm like, if you want to be a stage manager, you're the only person in the room who is not ever allowed to lose it. Wow. Yeah. You, you, I mean, you hope that the director never loses it. You hope that an actor never loses it. But like the minute a stage manager loses their temper or has a meltdown or f- really freaks out, you lose the power, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, and immediately everyone in the room feels unsafe because the person who's supposed to be like holding it all together and holding the fort down has suddenly lost it and everyone's like what happens now you know that's Um, a tremendous amount of pressure (laughs) yeah (laughs) but you you, it sounds like you thrive off of it yeah I think it's I've never like I've certainly felt the pressure in moments where I'm like gotta execute this sequence really well gotta make sure that everything's really prepared tonight but I've never I guess I must really enjoy that environment because I never am like I, I can't handle the pressure. Mm-hmm. It's just it's just kind of part of the job. And I thankfully I will have to say I've been lucky enough that I've I've never really been a part of a team where I was like, I can't hold this together. There's a ton of great collaborators and artists in the Atlanta theater community and uh, every single show I've worked on, I've never been like, oh God, you know, yeah. it, it's really easy to work with the creators in this town. That's a blessing. Yeah. Certainly, certainly is. Yeah. So how long have you been stage managing? I kind of stumbled upon it. I, like I said, was a performance manger in college. Wasn't, I, I loved singing. I loved dancing. I wasn't like, I must make this a living. I must do this. And senior year, we were supposed to do Romeo and Juliet, and I was going to be the fight choreographer. And then they switched to the miracle worker at the last minute. <laughs> I don't know why, like totally different. And I was like, well, I'm not going to be the fight choreographer in this. and I'm probably not going to be in it. And my professors were like, do you want like a management leadership role? You're a senior. Maybe you can do that. So I company managed and I loved that. And how does that differ from stage managing? It's kind of more administrative. Sometimes a stage manager ends up doing those things. Company management in my college program was like, putting together the program, putting together the contact sheet, kind of more stuff like that, Mm -hmm. doing line notes. So it's stuff that can be kind of an amalgamation of other jobs. I think they just needed to give more seniors leadership roles, but (laughs) (laughs) which is not a bad thing because that made me want to be the production manager slash stage manager for a big senior thesis project. And I just kind of fell in love with it. Um, So I moved back to Atlanta after I graduated from college, didn't know anything about the theater community, Hadn't grown up doing anything with it. I'd just done theater in school. So I applied to Synchronicity's college ASM internship. And I emailed them and I was like, listen, I'm graduated, but I don't care if you pay me or not. I just really want to get plugged into the Atlanta theater community. And by Um, ASM, you mean assistant stage manager. Yes, assistant stage manager. So I did it for one of the, it was a really small show. It was two people. I think it was called Brilliant Traces. Christina Dresser was the stage manager. She's fabulous. If you're listening, Christina, I'm obsessed with you. Um, (laughs) And I can literally trace every single job I've gotten since then back to that internship. And it was just with one show. And I just showed up and I worked really hard and listened and was a sponge. And Rachel May was the director. She is the artistic director of uh, Synchronicity. And 
every job I've gotten, I can trace back to that one unpaid gig. That's um, beautiful. And you know, it's so funny because I was just talking to my mom the mm-hmm. other day on the <laughs> phone and I was telling her about this workshop that I just led at the Foodwell Alliance and it was about brand storytelling and I had mm-hmm. so much fun. And she was like, how much did they pay you? And I was like, they didn't pay me anything. I did it for free and it was to uh, help the members of this alliance. And I wouldn't normally do a speaking engagement for free. Right. And she flipped and she was like, for free? You know, she's this like scrappy Colombian chick. Yeah. But <laughs> there really is when you strategically pick and choose mm-hmm. which of these opportunities you want to donate your time to, it right. really can lead to a lot. I totally agree. And at that time, I was 21. Right. I was super green. I didn't have any, besides that one senior thesis project, I didn't have any stage management on my resume. Mm-hmm. And I, th- I don't think they had had many more applicants. So they were like, come on down, hang out with us. It'll yeah. be great. So I really got to sharpen my skills and learn from someone who was already doing it professionally. And that kind of it just I just kind of bunny hopped from there to assistant stage managing at Theater Emory. And I was the ASM for another stage manager in town named Libby Mickle. And I learned a ton from her. And then I started working at children's theaters and just kind of like getting my feet wet and taking on larger and larger productions. But I just I looked at what trajectory I wanted to go on. And I was like, I've got to start like I talked about the tool belt earlier. I've got to start gathering these skills. And you just start on a small scale and slowly build up. And It's really smart. Yeah. So about how many shows do you stage manage per year now? It kind of varies. Um, for a while there, I was doing like four. And then I was so tired and burnt out. Um, yeah, that's a lot. Because you have to come in from the very, very beginning. Right. Attend right. to every single aspect of mm-hmm. the planning of that show. The lighting design, the set design, right? I right, mean, right. All of it to closing night. Right. And I'm not necessarily like directing the set design and stuff like that. I'm I'm just helping make sure everyone's like, we're, we need to set a production meeting, guys, so we can all talk about this together. Um, and taking uh, meeting minutes and stuff but I used to do a lot more like maybe four but that ended up being like stuff back to back to back so now I kind of look at my year and I I talk to Actors Express and other theaters that I love working with and I'm just like hey whenever you're ready to start hiring give me an email Um, and I kind of decide like do I want to what season do I want to take off by season I mean fall spring winter, summer, mm-hmm. based on what I'm doing that year. So it just depends. This year, I'm going to end up doing three. And how long is is does it usually take for production to come to life from conception to completion? So I'm doing The Flower Room with Actors Express in, like, spring. So we had our first production meeting for that, I want to say, in late December, early January. And then we just have intermittent production meetings, kind of finalizing designs and all that stuff so that we can go into rehearsals with a set design that I can tape out for us to rehearse on. We'll probably have like four to six production meetings pre-rehearsal starting, depending on the needs of the show. I mean, we had a ton for Little Shop because it's a huge musical and there's puppets and there's music and all that stuff. For a smaller show, you don't need as many necessarily. And then for professional shows, you usually have three to four weeks of rehearsal max and I'm there for every single rehearsal we usually rehearsal six out of seven days a week and then once the show opens it'll run anywhere from five to six weeks and have shows like Wednesday through Saturday night and Sunday afternoons so it can be like a four to six month commitment 
yeah, I mean, the production meetings, I don't really view that. In my brain, I'm not like, I'm being paid for being in this production right now. Mm-hmm. That's like prep work. Mm-hmm. Similar, I mean, Connor is getting paid when he's at home drafting, but that's a lot of prep work. I'm not in the room in rehearsal every night. So all told, it's maybe two months of like, of like steady, of almost steady, every day commitment. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's a lot. So that's your passion though you have a full-time job how Mm -hmm. do you balance those two things really I've never known anything else I just I started doing theater as soon as I moved back to Atlanta and I've had I've had a day job since day one and I now work on the economic development team at the Metro Atlanta Chamber and they're I'm so lucky that they are really big about work-life balance. They also are all about making Atlanta better. So they want their employees to be plugged in and involved in anything Atlanta. They want their employees to be like on the pulse of what makes Atlanta tick. Well, that's perfect. It, it really is. It's 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 a dream. It's I recently started working there, but just about six months ago, and it's just wonderful. Wow. Um, so yeah, it's. It's one of those things you just have to be really good at time management. And to me, it's worth all the time because doing theater gives me life. It's a life-giving thing. If it wasn't life-giving, then it wouldn't be worth it. It would be life-draining. Literally. That's why I didn't want to be an actor because when I thought about doing that, I was like, that doesn't give me life. Mm-hmm. There are some actors in town. I'm just like, y'all hustle. They, I'm so impressed by the hustle they've got. They work so hard and they're auditioning and they're putting themselves out there. They're in shows back to back to back. I couldn't do that. It's amazing. I mean, we interviewed <laughs> Adriana Hicks, who was on tour with The Color Purple yeah. with Broadway. Yeah. And she talks about how she has to be so focused on her physical spiritual, mental, emotional health at all times. Every day I have to literally check in and also surrender to the fact that, yes, you are a lead, you are doing this, and managing my health as far as like working out every day, making sure I get plenty of sleep, water, also eating right, it, it, everything, every element of life pretty much factors into what I have to do as my profession and in a beautiful way. It takes absolute full mind body spirit right uh, devotion right it's pretty amazing yeah i i admire performers so much and i love performing oh yeah and it gives me life to actually perform which is why i love doing speaking engagements but Mm -hmm. at the same time it takes recovery and it It takes really being on top of your self-care yeah i i produced and was in a show over the holidays and it was was there yes it was so fun (laughs) i'm so so glad you came um and I was texting some of my girlfriends from my theater program in college the day after the first performance. I think you came that night. Yes. And um, I was like, you guys, I'm so tired. Right. Like, I don't know how. I don't know how. Like, being a stage manager is tiring, but I felt like I'd been run over by a truck. Right. And that was like a fun 90-minute musical that didn't have any dancing and stuff like that. I mean, a lot of it was because I was also being fundraiser, marketer, Mm -hmm. production manager. You know, I was wearing a lot of hats for that project. But I still, like, nothing until performing wiped me out that much. Um, Yeah, it's funny how we all work in such different ways mm -hmm. and what what boosts our energy levels 
them. versus what drains them. Yeah. And thank God that you're one of those people that is not drained by organizing because you do a kick-ass job. You are in demand in Atlanta and you help our theater scene be as healthy as it can be. And, you know, Atlanta feeds a lot of Broadway talent. Like we are yeah. a big city for theater talent. And uh, it's thanks to people like you who make it shine. Well, so thank you. thank you for what you do. Thank and you. thank you for being on the show of today. Of course. It was so fun. Yes. I was super nervous for some reason. But why? <laughs> <laughs> no, this is great. Thank you. I'm Michelle Corey. Sean Powers is our producer. The Cultured Podcast is a production of Zero Mile Media, made with love in Atlanta. You can listen to The Cultured Podcast at culturedpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Play, Stitcher, and anywhere else podcasts are found. <laughs>